You're listening to Reach, a podcast created for professional bloggers to help you expand your reach and maximize your bottom line. I'm your host, Val Geisler, fellow blogger and marketer at ConvertKit. It is often said that you cannot compare your beginning or middle to someone else's end. But in a world full of social media sharing, thousands of blogs to read, and a growing to-do list, keeping up with the Joneses can feel like a full-time job. That's why today we're talking to Sarah Morgan of xosarah.com. Sarah is an online strategist teaching people to build engaging blogs, thriving businesses, and profitable info products. She strives to help bloggers, creatives, and business owners build a home online that not only provides a stable income, but fuels their passion for what they do without busyness and stress getting in the way. In this conversation, Sarah tells us how she built her blog and business without the distractions and fear of missing out, why she still has a side gig even though her blog is now wildly successful, and how to build trust and connection with your tribe that keeps you moving forward on your own path instead of looking all around you for guidance. If you find yourself feeling inspired by today's interview and want to impact your own reach right away, get your free action guide from this episode at convertkit.com slash reach, or just click the link in your podcast player. Let's find out how Sarah Morgan achieved her reach. Hey, Sarah, thanks for being on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, Hey, a lot of people might be really familiar with you, and I'm sure your community is all here listening today. But for those of you who, those who don't know who Sarah Morgan is, can you give us who you are in a couple of brief sentences? Yeah. So I run exosarah.com, and that is where I teach people to build badass blogs and businesses on the internet. So I go through building blog traffic, social media followings, building your email list, and then launching some sort of passive income product so that you can actually make money online. And I'm also a big supporter of doing all of this stuff without feeling busy all day long or stressed out because Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of like the general thing when you start running your own business it's super overwhelming and you feel like a crazy person for like the first year or two years. Um, yes, I'm all about kind of like figuring out a way to do everything that you want to do without losing your mind in the process. That is a good thing to do, <laughs> to not lose your mind in the process <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it can be mind boggling um, to build a blog, turn it into a business, build a following find what your reach is, you know, knowing where you're going with the whole thing can, um, can feel like I really need a guide in this. And so that's where that's where you come in is the guide. Yes. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay, cool. So Sarah, can you tell us, uh, since that's what you teach is building a blog, building your reach, your capacity um, as a business owner, Tell us how you got into building your own blog and what that looked like. Maybe from the very first day you thought, I'm going to start a blog. Uh, (laughs) So that would be um, when I was 13 years old and we literally got the internet. That like, you know, helps to age me a little bit. Yes, I've been doing this for about 20 years. I'm a self-taught web designer developer. Um, after my teen years in college, I worked a corporate job. I worked at a TV station as a web designer for seven years. Um, somewhere in there, I started to feel like I didn't love designing anymore, which was something I'd been doing for 
like over 10 years at that point, which was sort of like my mid twenties crisis. And, uh, right around that time, I also had started blogging again. So I used my blog to build a freelance business. And after about, I think I was doing it for about nine months, I was able to leave my job. And then that was in 2012. Um, I also was able to leave my job, not just because of my freelance business, but I was also working as a circus performer um, and teaching people aerial arts. So that kind of helped to fill in my income a little bit. And so aerial arts is the circus performing that you do. Yeah, it's like du soleil kind of stuff. Um, Yeah, so I've been doing that kind of on the side as well the entire time. Um, I started my business doing freelance design work. So I did that for, I'm in my fourth year now. So the first three years I did that. And then toward the end of the third year, I was building products. I have a couple of eBooks. I have a book on Amazon and I have a bunch of courses. And at some point the like scale sorted, started to tip in the direction of teaching and courses. And I was able to slow down on my client work. And this year I'm actually not taking clients anymore. So that's how I ended up here. <laughs> that's okay. So that's a long journey, though. Um, yeah. <laughs> so because and, and I bring that up not to say like, wow, Sarah, that took a long time, <laughs> but to say so many people see they see the end yes. and they don't see the middle or the beginning. Um. So can we go back to the beginning a little bit? You said that you built the freelance business from your blog while you had a full-time job. Yes. And um, what, when you say you had freelance clients and I mean, were they, did you have a ton? Were you working like long hours after you left your day job? What did that look like? I always say I was working not 24 seven. I was working 25, eight. I was mm-hmm. working all of the time. I would work in the morning. I would go to work. I would work at my job. Probably not a great idea if you're <laughs> trying to do the same thing. And don't <laughs> oh, you were working for your clients at your job. Yep. Anytime okay. I had free time, I remember sitting, I was in the middle of the newsroom. So I was surrounded by people. We didn't have cubicles. It was like the open floor plan, which was one of the reasons that I was thinking I needed to get out of that job. That is not my thing. I like to be on my couch by myself. Um, but I remember I was editing photos of burlesque performers if you don't know what that is, they're mm-hmm. pretty much naked ladies um, in the middle of the newsroom on my big giant monitor, like cutting them out to put them onto a, a website layout. Um, so yeah, I was doing that. And then I was leaving my day job and going to either perform, teach, or train the circus stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I would work through the weekends, going back and forth between Um, teaching, training, performing, and going home and working on my blog or working for my freelance clients. So I was literally working nonstop for probably a year, maybe a little bit longer. And when you were doing that, that nonstop work, did you feel like, I know this has an end to it? Um, Or did did it feel like something that wasn't going to stop that, that that really hard hustle? So I knew there was an end because I had decided um, the year before in like September that I was going to leave within a year. I just gave myself that date. I knew because I had already started building my business and I was training and teaching a lot that it was possible. I wasn't making a ton of money at that point, but, but I knew that I had enough hustle that I could make it happen. And I also knew if I stayed in my job, I would like 
punch somebody in the face at some point. (laughs) I was like, I was really, really done. I always say that I was like the living embodiment of the movie Office Space. I was like, Uh, you were like kicking the printer in the in the field outside. Yes, yeah, that's that's where I was my job. So there was no like there was no staying possibility of me staying. That just wasn't going to be okay with me. Um, Yeah, so having that end date was really helpful, and also. I'm huge on planning and having tons of calendars. I have like a Google calendar that has, it probably has eight different color coordinated calendars in it so that I can keep track of everything that I'm doing. I can keep track of training. I can keep track of my clients. I can keep track of my product launches. I can keep track of my um, teaching schedule for classes at the studio. Um, Yeah, so having that deadline was really helpful and also really, really being extremely organized. So I knew when I wake up in the morning, I have to do this, 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 and this, and that's it. Those are my like priorities for the day. So you left the job and then still had two jobs Mm -hmm. um, between the circus and your freelance clients. And you were still designing at that point. Yeah. So I designed for about three years. Um, I sort of built products on the side, um, just kind of as an experiment to see like what would happen if I put all of this into an ebook and put it for sale online and like kind of testing things to see how it would work. Um, and then I got a little bit more serious about products maybe a year after I launched my first ebook, I actually did a big course, which is still running right now. It's my badass babes blogging course. Um, and then up until now I'm still, I have two jobs. I go half of the week and train and teach and half of the week I'm here on my couch blogging and creating products. And does that blend fulfill a lot of the different needs that you have? I think a lot of bloggers get into this like I have to be all this one thing. And um and and you have two very different um, you know, business models and, and things that fulfill you. So obviously it works for you. You wouldn't be doing it. But is it something that you recommend even with your, like your Badass Babes group? Um, is it something that you talk with them about, about building your blog while having something else that fulfills you in a different way? Yeah, I think it's really important to have something outside of your blog or your business or whatever you're building on the internet. First, because sitting at your computer all day for like, you know, a lot of us work 12, 14 hour days, especially when we're starting out. I've got it down to like normal work hours now, but (laughs) back then I could easily sit at my computer, especially when I was doing a lot of coding the entire day from like 9am until 11 at night. Um, So having something that gets you not just off of the couch, out of your apartment, out of your workspace, but is something that you cannot think about work when you're doing. When I'm upside down spinning, I cannot think about my to-do list. That would be very bad. I would fall on my head. Or when I'm spotting, I teach kids. So I definitely have Mm. to be like 100% focused on what I'm doing at the studio. So having something that completely takes you away from work is extremely helpful and I think necessary. And it doesn't have to be working out. You know, go take a like pottery class or go walk somewhere. Just leave your workspace often yeah. and that helps to balance. And then you can work like a crazy person when you're at home because you have that time away. Do you think that that has contributed to the reach that you have now? Um, the, that balance of 
your aerial work and your blogging and, and not necessarily just the fact that maybe people connect to, oh, I have that interest too, specifically in aerial or um, the fact that you share, you're very open about sharing that you ran away and joined the circus. And, mm-hmm. um, and you know, those things... Do you think that that has directly impacted the reach that you have today? I think so. I think it makes me seem like a human. It seems like mm-hmm. a lot of people are so stuck in their business that all they talk about is business. Um, and there are plenty of people doing exactly what I do online. Plenty of people talking about blogging. Plenty of people talking about building products. I think it helps me to stand out to have something else that I do and that I share. I don't usually share much of it on my blog, but if you go on my Instagram, there's tons of aerial stuff on there and like me going out and doing stuff. And it's not all super focused on just tips for my business. So I think it does help to attract people, not just to my business, but to me. And that is what helps them stick around longer. So once they're on your blog and are they've they've learned about you, they are there to stick around. Um, what is the post on your blog that you've noticed has the biggest reach? That that thing that draws the most people in. It is by far my post on getting shit done. It is the one that mm. brings in the most traffic out of. Um, so compared to my other like content upgrades, I added a workbook to that post. Once I realized it was getting a ton of traffic from Pinterest. Um, usually I get like 200 to 500, um, email subscribers from a content upgrade. And this one has over 6,000. That's like the difference in it. Um, but it's just a post about how I like schedule my work day and prioritize different things. Um, you know, and, and how I'm able to get a lot of stuff done without working like a crazy person. It's also the post that most people have come to like yell at me and leave nasty comments on, which at this point is sort of humorous. That's like when you know you've made it, right? When you have a, a hater. Oh, I have a lot on of your haters. Blog. They're very mad that I wake up at nine o'clock in the morning, which I did today. So too bad. Oh, <laughs> good for you. So you mentioned a content upgrade on that blog post. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that's contributed to the reach of the post? Um, having that that content upgrade, the workbook that goes along with what you wrote about in the blog? I don't think it's contributed to the reach, but when that post started to kind of go viral on Pinterest, nobody was doing anything. I saw all of this traffic coming in. I knew it was good traffic because it was coming from Pinterest and it was coming from specific posts. I could like trace it back. But nobody was commenting, nobody was buying anything. I didn't have like a surge of subscribers. And so I had to force all of those people to interact and actually do something. So after, probably after about a week, when I realized that it was getting so much traffic, I went in and I made a workbook. So instead of just adding a couple worksheets, I made a 10 page workbook, which sounds more valuable and it is, there's really good content in it. Um, and added that. And so I was making people give me their email address Mm -hmm. when they wanted the workbook. Yeah. I have lots of, um, opt-ins all over my site, but most of those people were brand new, um, brand new readers. So they didn't know who I was. They're not going to give me their email address. So I was able to like trade them something really good. And that has boosted my email list a ton. And that's that human element that you mentioned earlier that like, it it's like, um, I heard the analogy of like somebody 
smiles at you, like a stranger smiles at you, and then you walk over to them and say, hey, can I have $10? Like, that, that's yeah. just like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the equivalent of somebody coming to your blog for the first time and assuming they're just going to opt into your... Yeah, that's so good. I'm totally going to steal that. That's awesome. <laughs> but it, it's so true because you have to you have to give them something like you smile back at the stranger and then maybe you wave, you know? Yeah. Um, you have to have like a little bit of a conversation before you, yeah, ask them for money because that's what you're doing. That's so yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so those content upgrades have been valuable for you. Do you, um, I mean, this seems like, uh, yes, the answer is yes kind <laughs> of question, but um, do you wish that you had done that content upgrade before you did the other things that made it go more viral on Pinterest? Or did oh, you yeah. even, did you do that? Did you did you have a hand in, um, you know, changing the graphic or something that made that change happen all of a sudden that it was starting to get a bigger reach on Pinterest or on social media in general? I think it was really just the post title. Um, it's like, I can't remember what it's called. Something about productivity and getting shit done. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it was really the post title and still is the post title that bring, brings people in. I did change the graphic when I added the workbook to say that there is a workbook. Oh, cool. Um, but I think if my post title or my graphic was terrible, it would not have gotten that amount of traffic. Yeah. So you have to have kind of like all of the pieces working together. So we do hear a lot these days about content upgrades and that's kind of the new, the new like hot thing to do on Mm -hmm. your blog. Right. (laughs) Um, and and everyone talks about doing content upgrades on those, those most popular posts, the ones that have the biggest reach. Um, what do you what post on your blog do you wish had a bigger reach the kind of the the post that you want the whole world to see? Mm, that's a good one. It kind of depends on what I am promoting. So mm. I I went through um and created a start here page which was helpful in finding all of the posts that people should be going through from my archives in order to get a good sense of what I teach and how I teach it and then moving them into a product. So I went through all of those instead of being, instead of grabbing just the most popular posts, I kind of grabbed a set of posts that walked people from step one of, you know, I'm just starting a business. Here are the, I think there's like eight posts for each section, eight posts that they need to get through in order to have a blog online have an idea of how to create their content, um, maybe start their email list. And then I have a ebook that they can grab that's also in that block of posts. So it was less about popular posts and more about moving people from point A to B and then grabbing one of my products or joining a course. Yeah. That's so smart to have that start here um, that you can walk people through the posts that are you know are most valuable on your blog and you know something we talk a lot about here at ConvertKit is giving it all away for free mm-hmm. teaching teaching everything you know and um it sounds like someone could really go through your blog and even just on that start here page and read through all those posts maybe grab the content upgrades that go with them do the worksheets read the ebook and and build a successful blog on that framework Absolutely. Yeah. And then they usually do show up in one of my courses because they want that leg up or they just want 
um, like the community aspect and some, some coaching I do, um, for three of my courses, I have communities and I'm in there every single day. So that gives people access to me, which is not something that I offer outside of any of my courses. So it does kind of move them, you know, step by step toward those products. I think so many bloggers are afraid of, well, what if I give away everything I know on my blog and then I have nothing left for my products? Yeah. I think that comes up in like every session of my blogging course that I (laughs) teach. Somebody asks that, like, how much do I really give away if I want to put this information into a product? And you're right. You can give away like all of it because people appreciate having everything organized into steps in your course They appreciate not having to Google things because it's all right there. And they appreciate having access to you um, and being able to ask a few questions. Some people come in and they ask a million questions, but some people come into my courses and they just ask a handful of questions and then they feel better about their decisions. They feel supported and they feel like they know what they're doing. Is that what is most important to you, that the bloggers who come to you come read your blog, um, that they feel like they know what they're doing? Absolutely. Because I, I've been doing this for 20 years. It would be nice if I had figured a lot of this out in the first like two years. (laughs) (laughs) So you've amassed this reach over time. Um, You know, you weren't figuring it, you were figuring it out all alone in those first couple of years. And you've, you've figured it out now to the point that you can balance out your week between two different roles, Mm -hmm. um, essentially, and, and the different duties that come along with managing your products and your courses and your communities. Um, What if you had like your wildest dreams fulfilled with your blog and feel free to say you already do, but um, (laughs) what, what do you want to do with the reach that you have? Oh, I kind of like what I'm doing right now. I'm able to work with a lot of people and help them realize what they wanted to do, whether it's, start a business or just get like a hundred people on their email list because they've been struggling with it. Um, I'm able to take time off during the day if I want to go to the beach or, you know, hang out, go to brunch. Um, I'm able to take time off and, you know, go babysit my niece and nephew or go train. And I can, if I'm doing a show, I'm able to slow down the amount of work that I'm doing without having any big consequence, um, and spend more of my time training and rehearsing. Um, so I'm, I'm feeling pretty okay right now. I don't know. Maybe I'll come up with like a crazy dream. Uh, but I think I'm good right now. I just like hanging out with all of my students and helping them figure out all of the stuff that it took me so long to wrap my brain around. So that said, do you want a bigger reach? Um, do you want to be able to reach more people and do the same work that you're doing now? Or do you really like the, the reach that you have at this point? I would be happy with a bigger reach. I'm not terribly interested at this point in having like multiple employees. Um, I really like working by myself. I have a virtual assistant, um, but I can't, I'm not too into like, having to check in with lots of people during the day. I can check in with my virtual assistant every couple days and we do like a Skype once a month and that's, that's good for me. So I want to grow my reach to where I can still be in my little like solo working bubble and I don't have to turn this into a big company, but who knows, maybe next year I'll be like, 
I want a giant corporation and a whole office building full of bloggers. <laughs> you never know. Never say never. I've, oh, I've yeah. learned. Yeah, so, my whole business has completely changed from my like initial atten- at- intention when I left my job. So yeah, it could happen. Tell us more about that because that's something that comes up for a lot of people. And I'd love for you to say a little bit more about your intention at the time and, and your intention now or what you're doing with it now. Yeah. So I think, um, when I was leaving my job, it was sort of a, like a stressed out reaction to not wanting to be in my job, whatever I could build with my blog that would allow me to get out of that space. That was my intention. Um, and then I wanted to have lots of clients. And so I had lots of clients and then I just started kind of like adding things in. So I added in my ebook and then I added in a course and then I started to really pay attention to the parts of my day that I enjoyed and I looked forward to and the parts of my day that I was just sick of doing. Um, so I was tired of having tons of email threads back and forth between my clients and I was tired of the, not a ton, but the couple clients who were like, you're terrible at this. I'm going to fire you. You know, that happens, but Mm. I was kind of over it. Um, yeah. So just really, um, paying attention to what felt good in my business, which is something that I've always tried to do and like adjust from there. So this past year or last year, 2015, I launched like five products in one year, which was a little bit crazy. And I was in like registration, launch production mode over and over again. And that didn't feel that great. I'm, I loved what I produced and I was really excited to have lots of new students, but I was also like worn out. So now I am kind of readjusting my business and figuring out how to plan so that I am not stressed out by product creation and launching and open registration periods. Yeah. So I'm just like trying to feel my feelings, which is really cheesy, (laughs) but that's what I'm doing right now. (laughs) It's something that not enough people do. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. You get so, because you're doing all of the work yourself, you get really, really caught up in just like getting things done and you're seeing everybody else. That's one of the big problems with building an online business you can see what everybody else is doing and that makes it really hard to kind of stay in your own bubble and not jump from task to task or add something giant into your schedule because somebody else did it and they had a huge success with it. That's why I like my my three whiteboard calendars that I always talk about. They're on my wall in my living room. If it's not on my calendar, I'm not going to do it. It has to wait until this month is done and I can plan for, you know, three months out. So what do you do when you see someone who you get that like FOMO, right? Mm -hmm. You get that feeling of, well, they're doing that thing and I, I'm doing this and it doesn't feel like I'm doing enough or I think there's like that enoughness comes up for a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of enoughness. (laughs) (laughs) What do you do about it, Sarah? So I, um, in, we're in, what month is this? We're in June (laughs) and I had to literally look at my calendar to figure that out. They're behind me right now. Um, so I'm going to open registration in August 
for Badass Babes. It's going to run the end of August, right into the beginning of September. And I was kind of like watching a few other people's launches because I like experimenting and trying new things. So instead of thinking about adjusting the launch that I have coming up next month, I just wrote down a bunch of notes for August and I'm going to test out some new things in August. So I think it's a matter of putting it in your calendar in the future, having like a quarterly and then a yearly plan. So I know I have launches coming up in the future. I can try these things then. I don't need to adjust this month in order to cram more stuff into it. I don't need to suddenly add in three more webinars or, you know, shoot a bunch of like training videos. I can wait and I can try it in a couple months. Um, So I think if you are able to plan a little bit more in advance, it's really helpful to slow down. And also if you do that enough and just, you know, jump from thing to thing and cram things into your schedule, it gets old really fast and (laughs) you can figure it out that way. (laughs) Yeah. How did you learn to do that though? Because planning an organization, I mean, have you always been an organized and planning person? (laughs) Yeah, I have. (laughs) Yeah. And did anyone influence you in that? Um, Even like another blogger or um, someone in your life or a book you read or something like that? Mm, I don't, nobody that I can think of off the top of my head. I think it has to do with being a perfectionist and a little bit of a control freak. That is what makes me plan a lot. Um, Ah. Yeah, I like to know what's coming up, what's going on. I like to have a direction. It makes me feel purposeful. I think it's, yeah, it's just my like weird brain that, that, makes me have 15 calendars. Sure. Well, (laughs) I think you're probably not alone in that um, perfectionist thing. Mm -hmm. I know that you're not alone in it. Um, And the, the beautiful thing is that you can channel it into something positive, like keeping your eye on the the proverbial prize, right? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. yeah, I channel it right into my business. My apartment is a hot mess if I am really busy, Um, (laughs) but my business and my website look amazing. (laughs) Uh, thanks for keeping it really real for us. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. Always. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, those are important things to share, too. Like, we talk on, on this show, we talk about the tactics and the things that you do to to build your blog and uh, those steps that you take and, and that you take your students through. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also those more practical things like, yeah, my my kitchen sink is full of dishes when I'm in the middle of a lunch. <laughs> oh, absolutely. There's usually like carry out containers all over the place. And yeah. I'm, lo- I'm facing my kitchen right now is a, hor- a horrifying scene because I've been cooking. <laughs> so there's just pots everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, since we're talking about those um, more like specific tactics, we've talked about content upgrades. So that's clearly been huge for you with expanding your reach. Um, what else have you purposely done to expand your reach? Live video. I think a lot of people don't want to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) Say more Um, about that. Yeah, it's webinars has really helped. Doing both free webinars, uh, doing webinars with other people, and then doing... um, I started doing some paid webinars, and then also jumping on Periscope. Um, I try and do Periscope once a week, and that is really helpful. People seeing me moving around, they can ask questions, they can see like my mannerisms and how I talk because I'm not reading off of any sort of script. Um, it helps to build a connection and trust and kind of like bring in my people. So the people that watch me and they're like, oh, this girl, I don't know about her. 
you know, they can go away. And then the people that really connect with me when they see me live are the ones that are actually going to buy my courses. So yeah, it's scary. When I first started doing live video, like my very, I didn't even do live video at first. I did like a recording, um, people submitted questions on my blog and it was terrible. It was like really, really bad. Um, so you have to be really bad at video, but then it gets easier. And, and yeah, now I feel like I'm, I'm pretty good on video. So I don't mind doing it so much anymore. It becomes comfortable. It's probably a lot like the first time you hit publish on your blog mm-hmm. versus today. Yeah. And I definitely recommend if the idea of doing live video is really terrifying, <clears throat> maybe do some like free video content. So you're recording yourself. And then you can get an idea or just do like practice videos, like set up your microphone and your webcam and, you know, just turn on QuickTime and record yourself talking about whatever your, your blog topics are and get used to it. And then you can adjust things. You know, I, when I first shot my videos for badass babes, I watched them back and I was like, I look so weird. That's not what I look like. If you were just to talk to me, I'm like, what am I doing? And I realized that I was sitting really, really still and had my hands in my lap the whole time. So I like wasn't moving. And that is not what I look like. I always like talk with my hands and I'm like fixing my hair and stuff. Um, so watching those recordings, I was able to, I re-recorded all of them, which was, that was like 16 videos. That was a pain. <laughs> but my new videos look so much better and they look like me. So yeah, practice videos. Just try it. It's not horrible. (laughs) No, it's not. We've been playing around with Facebook Live videos in our ConvertKit family group on Facebook. Um, It's really fun. It's a great way to connect with our our tribe and um, and to answer questions too. Yeah, people really appreciate it. I think. Yeah, it's that. You know, Sarah, you've talked multiple times now about that human element and video. Mm is the ultimate for the human connection. I mean, it's as human as you can get online. Yep. Yeah, it's worth it. It absolutely is. You, you will see if you put some time into going live on Facebook or Periscope or doing a webinar, you'll get a really good response and people will appreciate it a lot. So how do you move people from the watching your Periscope or um, on a live video with you somewhere else? And how do you move them through to being on your email list? Or, um, you know, obviously, page views on the blog are great. And we there's a lot of talk in the blogger world about, you know, expanding your page views and increasing that that portion of your reach. But ultimately, the best way to communicate with them is through email. So Mm -hmm. how do you move people from like Periscope, for example, through to your email list? So two ways. One, I created a page on my website that is exocera.com slash scope. It's really easy for me to say. It's really easy to remember. And I say it almost on every single Periscope. And I add the replay video and then whatever links I talk about. So usually it's some sort of like platform or program I'm using blog posts that generally have content upgrades in them or products. Um, so if they purchase a product, if they go into those blog posts and download the content upgrade, they end up on my email list. Um, I also, if I know that I'm going to be talking about a specific topic and I have a blog post already, or I have a course already, that's going to match with that. I'll kind of integrate that into what I'm talking about, and then I'll create a bit.ly link, so it's bit.ly, 
Um, and that does two things. One, it makes it really easy for people to go and find it. Um, you can write it down and then just hold it up in front of the camera and people will, I didn't even realize this. Somebody asked for it. Um, the last time I did a Periscope, they'll take a screenshot and then they can go to that link. Yeah, totally. Did not even realize it. And I had to like write it down in the middle of my Periscope because someone requested it. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. She was like, write it on a piece of paper and hold it up to the camera. (laughs) So I, I figured that one out. Um, but also you can track how many people go to that link. So you can see from that Periscope how many people went through and clicked on that. Um, I think it was for a course last time. So you're able to track things as well. So you kind of have to like give people links that they can go to after you're done. I put it in my, um, in my Periscope bio before, but I don't have any way of outside of creating a separate bit link um, of tracking that. So with video, with blog posts, content upgrades, those um, those bit.ly links on your Periscope videos, all of those things, what, what would you say to someone who says, great, I haven't been doing any of that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so just pick one thing and start with it. It doesn't mm. matter which one. You're going to end up doing all of them eventually. Um, like we've been talking about, focusing on your email list is very important. So maybe start with a content upgrade. Maybe if you're more comfortable doing video, you could start with Periscope. You don't have to do all of this at once. Put it into your calendar. This week I'm going to do a content upgrade. Next week I'm going to jump on Periscope. Then maybe I'm going to do this thing. Then I'm going to do this thing. You don't have to do all of it at once. And it completely seems like that. And that's what I did when I was first starting. I was like running around like a chicken with my head cut off, trying to do every single thing that I read about on like 500 different blog posts. You need to do this. You need to do this. You need to do this. Just pick something. That's it. Just pick something and do it. Don't use the uh, feeling of overwhelm as procrastination. Mm. (laughs) That's what I hear a lot from my students. I don't know what to do. So I just didn't do anything. Just pick something. It will be fine. You'll figure all of it out. Yeah. And picking that one thing expands your reach a little bit and then a little bit more and then a little bit more and then you do another thing. And so reach that you have, like we we said at the beginning, you told this story of all the years, Mm -hmm. years uh, with an S, (laughs) that it took to get the reach that you have today. It didn't come overnight. And so not comparing what's that? Very popular um, quote that's always posted oh, on Instagram. Don't compare your your beginning to someone else's middle or end. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. I got twenty years going here. I'm sure everybody else can get it figured out in like two. Yeah. Well, and checking out your blog is a great place to start doing that. Mm-hmm. Sarah, thank you for everything that you shared on the podcast today. You have given such amazing gifts of knowledge in this last few little bit together. And, you know, I know that everyone can learn more on the blog. We're going to link to all of those things, um, your most popular blog post on getting shit done and <laughs> your badass babes blogging course. We'll link to all of that for them. Um, so thank you again for, for your time and for sharing everything you know about what it takes to get the reach that you have today. Thank you. Thank you so much. That was blogging strategist Sarah Morgan. 
You can find out more about Sarah and her Badass Babes blog club at xosarah.com. Grab your free action guide from this episode to help you impact your own reach today. Head to convertkit.com slash reach or simply click the link provided right in your podcast player. It's time to expand your reach. We're so glad you started here. Thanks for listening.